All right, guys, welcome to Inappropriate Earl, episode 102. Been, uh, I think, about two weeks before the last episode of uh, Inappropriate Earl, which was a recap of uh, Roast Battle at Riot LA. And uh, I, frankly, I'll be honest with you, I've had a few uh, guests drop out. I do make it slightly harder on myself because I insist that the guests come to my house and do it. So uh, every now and then I'll hit like a week or two run where, uh, you know, people just can't make it. I got a big guest coming, though. And if you know me and my love of professional wrestling, it'll be worth the wait. Trust me on that one. I don't want to say who he is because I don't want people tweeting at him. But let's just say this. Those of you who followed the Monday Night Wars, WCW versus the WWE, it's known as the Monday Night Wars. And this man wasn't just in the Monday Night Wars. He was the Monday Night Wars. So... Get ready for one of the all-timers. But I wanted to do a mini-episode, and an episode that uh, many people request that I just do one uh, by myself. So I thought, what could I talk about that would be of interest to people? And I thought I'd give a retro movie review of probably my all-time favorite movie, now, when most people tell you their favorite movie of all time, it's Gone with the Wind, you know, Star Wars, you know, Casablanca, you know, Wuthering Heights, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now, you know, E.T., you know, movies, classic movies of that nature. Uh, and anyone who knows me, knows that I am a child of the 80s. And my favorite movie of all time is in a classic movie in the vein of those I just listed. It's a movie called 52 Pickup. And sadly, one of the cast members of that movie passed away this week, Vanity, who was a 80s icon, if you will, uh, closely associated with Prince. They had dated, and then he helped produce her album, uh, Vanity uh, Six, I think it was called. And she was just an 80s vixen. And uh, if you are a fan of R&B funk, of course you know her by her song Nasty Girl, which was a big hit back in the day. And uh, she sadly uh, passed away at uh, the age of 57. And uh, so anyone in their early 40s is going to be sad. But she was in 52 Pickup. She played the girlfriend of the great Clarence Williams III, who some of you may know as Link from the Mod Squad. And I like 52 Pickup for several reasons. I'll run down who was in the movie just so you can get a taste of who I'm talking about. Of course, the uh, great Roy Scheider, who was uh, really one of the 
I think often overlooked actors of all time, you know, especially if you just base him off his seventies, uh, movie career. I mean, look at some of the movies he was in, uh, you know, French connection, you know, marathon man, jaws, uh, you know, I think, uh, one of his great performances of, uh, the last 50 years on film was his, uh, portrayal of, uh, Bob Fosse and all that jazz. And, uh, you know, I think he had a couple missteps along the way. I think there's the story that he had, I believe, the Robert De Niro part in Deer Hunter, but he was contractually obligated to do Jaws 2. So he had to leave Deer Hunter and uh, do Jaws 2, which, uh, you know, I'm not sure how believable uh, a vengeful shark is. You know, I think Jaws, one of the great movies of all time, uh, kind of summed it all up. And then uh, they really went off the rails with Jaws 3, Jaws the Revenge. Uh, I think there's even a, a fifth Jaws. So, uh, you know, and, and his film work really after uh, all that jazz was hit or miss. You know, Blue Thunder was a great movie, uh, and I think that came out in like 1983. And you know, then he picked it up in the late 80s with I think uh, Sequest, and then uh, kind of sad started doing like straight to uh, you know video movies. And uh, but 52 Pickup, he plays the husband, and his wife is played by the still then beautiful Anne Margaret. And, uh, I mean, she was, I mean, she slept with Elvis, man. I mean, that's, that's the real deal there. And they play a couple whose marriage is on the rocks. And uh, there is a series of bad guys. There's three bad guys in this movie that I just fell in love with instantly. Uh, Clarence Williams, the third, uh, really good character actor named Robert Trabor who plays kind of like the nerdy sweaty fat almost sidekick to the the two main bad guys and that the main bad guy is a man who is probably my favorite actor of all time because he's so good in anything he is in and that is the great villain of the 80s and beyond John Glover um and if they ever taught an acting school for villains, 52 Pickup should be the movie that they force everyone to watch because he played it just right. A little over the top, but not too much. And just a glee that was so fun to watch. And you know, I'm still to this day, I don't understand why this movie was not bigger. Uh, because if you look at the background of this movie, you know, great cast. It was directed by legendary, and I mean legendary, uh, director John Frankenheimer. And it was based off of a novel by legendary novelist Elmore Leonard. So, and of course, distributed by the infamous Canon Group. And if you have Netflix, I forget the name of it, but there is a fabulous documentary about Yorm Globus and Menahem Golan, who uh, were the runners of uh, Canon Films. 
so I, I mean, that might be why, um, you know, because I think, you know, it's very, uh, I don't know if I would say similar plot to Fatal Attraction, which I think came out a year later. You know, essentially the, the plot to 52 pickup is uh, the three bad guys blackmail Roy Schneider. Uh, Roy Scheider, sorry. It's working with Rob Schneider for too long. Uh, he gets caught in a blackmail scheme because he's sleeping with um, Kelly Preston, which this might have been one of her first movie roles. Uh, maybe not the first, but definitely one of the first. I think she was in Mischief in 1985. So uh, she was young, beautiful, and uh, she in 52 pick up sleeps with Roy Scheider uh, and is filmed at the various places she's sleeping with him by the three bad guys. And then one day Roy Scheider goes over to the hotel she's staying at thinking he's going to see her and he walks into the bedroom and the three bad guys are wearing ski masks and they show Roy Scheider a film uh, that he's been on tape all this time and they blackmail him and uh, it's just a really really good movie um, because the the interaction of the cast is fabulous and uh, you know Roy Scheider and Margaret play the perfectly tortured soul couple of, uh, you know, one that's gone through cheating and infidelity and just the bad guys, especially John Glover, embrace their role with such a glee and, uh, you know, fabulous supporting cast um, mixed in with some strange... Uh, cameos by uh it's based around the world of porn uh you know so you see uh like ron jeremy in the background uh tom byron was uh also an extra in the movie uh you know amber lynn herschel savage uh i think jamie gillis so if you're a porn connoisseur you'll definitely recognize them and uh vanity uh, plays Clarence Williams III's uh, cracked out girlfriend, and it's uh, it just didn't uh, didn't capture uh, America's uh, imagination. And I think probably because it might have been uh, since it was based around the porn world, and uh, you know, and the subject matter was uh, it kind of involved uh, a snuff film. And uh, I'm assuming in the year 2016, uh, I'm not ruining the movie, but, uh, you know, Roy Scheider basically uh, does not give in to their blackmail demands. So what they do is they kill Kelly Preston and they double their efforts to blackmail him and they kill her using Roy Scheider's gun. They wipe all the blood up with his coat and uh, they now are like, we got you on tape, your gun, your clothes, and a dead girl. And he still rebuffs them. And at the end, he uh, gets his revenge. I won't spoil how, but uh, the bad guys all turn on each other. 
and it's just so good. So I really hope that you guys can um, watch this movie and appreciate it as much as I do because it's just a hidden gem from the 80s. And if you like uh, John Glover, I'm going to suggest a few movies that you can see him in. Uh, I think two years after 52 pickup, he did a movie called The Chocolate War, uh, which is also another one of my uh, favorite movies and another kind of underrated, under-the-radar gem where uh, it's a movie about a Catholic school and uh, their chocolate sale. And John Glover plays a sadistic brother who wants every kid in the school to sell all these chocolates. And there is a, uh, a group of uh, elite uh, seniors, I think, called the Vigils, who basically are under John Glover's uh, sadistic command to get all the freshmen to sell more chocolates. And uh, he basically plays the same character that he did in 52 Pickup. And, uh, you know, once again, another good cast. Uh, Adam Baldwin, who, of course, was in one of my favorite movies, My Bodyguard. He plays the leader of the vigils and uh, the kid that they hone in on to really uh, abuse is uh, in Mitchell Smith, who you might. Uh, recognizes uh, Anthony Michael Hall's uh, best friend in weird science. He stands up to them and won't sell the chocolates. And uh, just another uh, great role for John Glover to sink his teeth into. I think he really enjoys playing the bad guy. And then uh, he played another bad guy uh, in uh, Masquerade, where uh, once again he and Rob Lowe uh, are trying to rip off a think one of the Tilly sisters I want to say uh Meg Tilly I might be off on that though because I do this podcast right now all off of my fantastic 47 year old memory and uh once again he plays an amazing bad guy and uh he was also in one of my favorite uh episodes of Miami Vice season three entitled Lend Me an Ear where he plays a bugging guy where uh, he basically is a double agent. And, uh, you know, those first three seasons of Miami Vice, uh, right up until when I think Zito left, um, they had some great cameos by guys like John Glover. And uh, another great episode of Miami Vice is uh, out where the buses don't run with the uh, another, once again, legendary... Uh, character actor uh, Bruce McGill, who was uh, D-Day in Animal House. Um, you know, he played a great uh, out-of-control uh, ex-FBI uh, guy, but uh, John Glover was not in that episode. But uh, I guess the point of this uh, podcast was to expose my fans to an actor that I think uh, should be more famous than he is. And... Uh, so look for his films, his TV, uh, but please check out 52 Pickup. And it's, uh, I might do more of these mini 15-minute uh, uh, episodes of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, I have a couple movies that I'd like to uh, review in full. Uh, another one being Big Wednesday, uh, which was a surf movie uh, 
which has got a great uh, story behind it. Um, you know, 1977, uh, you know, three USC uh, film uh, alumni, uh, John Millis, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas, they were all best friends. They all traded points on uh, their next releases. Now, uh, of course, George Lucas was releasing Star Wars. Steven Spielberg, I think, was releasing Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And John Millis, who both Spielberg and Lucas have gone on record as saying that they thought he was going to be the most talented and successful one of the three, he released Big Wednesday, which was a semi-autobiographical uh, account of his life uh, growing up surfing in Malibu. And it's once again, it's got a great cast. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent, Gary Busey before he lost his mind, William Catt, and they play three best friends. Uh, and it's uh, and the great uh, Lee Purcell for you '80s fans. Uh, you know, you might have recognized her as the horny mom in Valley Girl. Uh, she plays, uh, I believe, William. Uh, no, no, uh, Gary Busey's girlfriend. Uh, in that uh, no no i i take that back she plays jan michael vincent's girlfriend in uh, big wednesday and uh you know once again like kind of like 52 pickup the movie uh you know obviously it did nowhere near the business of star wars or close encounters it just uh i don't know maybe it was too deep uh you know just didn't hit so uh i think john milius uh and there's a great uh biography on him i think on netflix uh it's kind of a sad story it, you know, he's one of the great uh, writers of all time. You know, he came in on Apocalypse Now and, uh, you know, he was like the go-to guy to rewrite movies. Uh, he had a stroke and, and part of the documentary details his uh, recovery. And it's just kind of sad. You see someone who's such a great writer and they can barely talk. But uh, I think he's a little better now. But uh, check out John Milius movies. So, uh, you know, every now and then I'll do a movie review of... Uh, you know, I don't really like mainstream movies, to be honest with you. I always seem to pick um, movies that should have done better but didn't, like A Big Wednesday. Uh, you know, North Dallas 40 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, you know, about uh, basically it was a semi-autobiographical account of the Dallas Cowboys of the 70s with uh, Mac Davis playing uh, essentially Roger Staubach and... Uh, no, I'm sorry. Mac Davis was basically playing Don Meredith. And uh, they also had a really uh, great casting of a guy playing the goody two-shoes quarterback, uh, which was Roger Staubach. And uh, Nick Nolte was uh, playing, uh, you know, uh, a kind of a down-and-out wide receiver. And uh, it's... Uh, and uh, the, what you talk about one of my favorite actors of all time, right up there with John Glover, is a guy by the name of G.D. Spradlin, who didn't start acting until he was 50. He was an oil guy from Oklahoma. And, you know, it's crazy that, you know, this guy who didn't start acting till that late of an age was in some iconic films, uh, Apocalypse Now, um, The Godfather 2 where he played the corrupt senator. And, uh, of course, uh, you 70s uh, baby boomers might 
recognize him as the sadistic coach and one-on-one with uh, Robbie Benson. Where are you now, Robbie Benson? And, uh, you know, he basically played the, the same thing in North Dallas 40, which was a loose interpretation of Tom Landry. You know, a sadistic coach, doesn't care about the players. He just goes off of what his computer says and uh, no empathy towards the players, wants them to do anything they can to win. And this was a an era of the NFL, frankly, where uh, it was pretty much anything goes on and off the field. And uh, it was such a realistic portrayal of the NFL that uh, one of the actors in the movie, Tommy Beeman, was actually blacklisted from the NFL after the movie. He was actually running back in the league and uh, claimed, at least he claimed, he uh, uh, couldn't get work after the movie. So, uh, you know, that's another one of my favorite movies. Another one of my, uh, probably my favorite war movie of all time. People are going to think I'm crazy for saying this because, you know, when you sit there and say your favorite movie... Uh, favorite war movie, you know, you expect uh, Apocalypse Now, um, you know, Platoon, uh, but it's a Gene Hackman movie with, of course, a legendary uh, boxer, more legendary for taking punishment than winning fights, Tex Cobb. And I also believe it was uh, Patrick Swayze's first film role uh, called Uncommon Valor. And, uh, of course, uh, some good character actors in it as well. Fred Ward and uh, one of my favorite uh, underrated character actors of all time, for sure. And uh, another one of my uh, kind of uh, favorite actors from the 70s and 80s, um, Red Brown, who was also in Big Wednesday. A huge uh, blonde actor. And, uh, you know, once again, I, I'm not sure... Uh, why Uncommon Valor didn't do better. I mean, Gene Hackman's in it. I mean, you could put Gene Hackman in like Porky's Four and it would be good. Uh, and I just have always liked... Uh, and by the way, I said Tommy Beeman. It's Tommy Riemann. Uh, sorry about that. Who played Delma Huddle, the running back who was always getting hurt. And uh, they didn't want him to... Uh, you know, sit out. So they basically forced him to uh, shoot up and uh, he didn't like to. And at the end he does. And then he gets really hurt. So, uh, and of course I, how could I not talk about North Dallas 40 without mentioning uh, legendary NFL player, uh, the twos, John Matuzak, who was one of the better actors in that movie, you know, because he was basically playing himself. And I'm assuming that he was brought in as a consultant, because, uh, you know, he played in the Oakland Raiders in the 70s where he was a complete wild man. And he also played, I think, on the Houston Oilers. Uh, but uh, he, there's a scene at the end where he gives a speech in the locker room after uh, where he talks about uh, he's grabbing Charles Durning, great actor. And he talks about, you know, coaches say it's a game when the players say it's a business. And then there's other times where... You know, the players uh, have the opposite view of that. And uh, it was really uh, about a two-minute scene, but it's a, a great scene where you couldn't teach 
someone to act like that because John Matuzak had been in NFL locker rooms and had, you know, been in Super Bowls and, and playoff games where they tried to injure the other team's star players. So he really, uh, I don't think it was acting for him. It was just being himself. So, uh, yeah, I know this is kind of a rambling episode, but uh, I will have guests on. Uh, my next episode is uh, going to be a fun one. You know, some of the more uh, popular episodes of Inappropriate Earl were the Tommy Morris episodes. Uh, of course, Tommy was the talent coordinator for, uh, I think, about 12 years at the Comedy Store. Uh, well, uh, coming up uh, this week, actually, this weekend, is uh, Jamie Flam from the Improv. He is the talent coordinator at the Hollywood Improv. And I thought it would be good to get him on to give, not necessarily an opposing view of Tommy's, but I think that Jamie is someone who is um, takes his uh, approach very differently than Tommy's. And so I'm excited to get him on and to give uh, a counter view, I guess you say, to how Tommy ran things at the Comedy Store. So look for that next week. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this a little rambling, but uh, I didn't, as you know, whether I have a guest or whether it's just me, I don't plan these episodes. I just hit record and uh, take it where it goes. So uh, once again, uh, this is Inappropriate Earl. Uh, please check out 52 Pickup, Big Wednesday, North Dallas 40, Uncommon Valor. Um, and please... Uh, Share this on Facebook and Twitter if you can. It does help the numbers. You know where to find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And, uh, you know, please uh, tweet at Gene Simmons. And you know what? We're going to throw another name in this week. Let's tweet at Paul Stanley Live. Let's get him on the podcast. I know he did Joe Rogan's. And uh, so I'd like to uh, get Paul or Gene on. Talk about Kiss in the 80s. And I'd love to get John Glover on from 52 Pickup, but I don't believe he's got a large social media presence. And the only thing I would ask is if uh, some of you can leave a review on iTunes for us. It does help the numbers. I see we have a little over 100 reviews, which I very much appreciate. All of them good. And I don't want you to fake your reviews. If you don't like the show, hey, tell it. Um, but it does help. You know, the more reviews you have, the higher you go up on the iTunes charts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's 102 episodes in, guys, and uh, I very much appreciate all of your support. I know a lot of you uh, share it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram now. So, uh, you know, listen, I do it for you guys. And, I mean, I love doing it, and I'll keep doing it until I stop loving it and you guys stop listening. So uh, this has been Earl Skakel, inappropriate Earl. We'll see you next week with Jamie Flam from the Hollywood Improv. <laughs>